Every week they talk about music coming into Milwaukee and music coming out of Milwaukee. Here's Evan Ritleski of 88.9 and Piet Levy of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. This is Tapped In. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Tapped In. I am Evan, here as always with Piet. And this week we are sharing our January concert preview. And I think, Piet, we should say up front that this is another unusual time for concerts. And uh, just looking at the way things have been going the last few weeks, it's safe to say any of these concerts might not actually happen. Uh, a lot of shows are being canceled. doesn't look like a, an industry-wide cancellation of live music, sort of like what we faced in the past, but we're just sort of at a, another turning point where uh, some venues are closing temporarily, uh, some artists are canceling a lot. You know, there's just a lot of COVID out there. Piet, uh, before we introduce these shows, how confident are you that most of them will happen? I think a fair amount of them will happen unless things really get really, really dicey. Uh, you know, I think a lot of experts are suggesting that the, the wave we're in right now, which is really awful, but it should peak in, in mid-January. A lot of the shows we're talking about are kind of more like late-ish January, mid to late January. So I, I do think a lot of them will probably still go on. Um, but, you know, I, I, I would just encourage anyone going to a show to like, please mask up. Like when I was going to shows in the fall, I was one of very few people that had masks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just feel like, you know, some, some shows do require masks, but uh, I mean, I, I think the music is still very enjoyable with a mask. I think the mask offers kind of greater protection. And if, if you're going to go out to a show, that's my, my advocacy there is like, please wear a mask. And Pfizer Forum, for instance, they're going to have a Kane Brown show this month. They're now requiring masks, which I think is a really good call. And, uh, you know, I, frankly, I hope other venues kind of decide to do the mask requirement thing, too. I think that's kind of the right approach at this moment. Which show are you most excited about this month? I would say Courtney Barnett. Uh, she's playing uh, January 20th at the Paps Theater. I mean, just an amazingly smart songwriter. Really broke out in 2015 with uh, Sometimes I Sit and Think and Sometimes I Just Sit. It's a really fun album. And I mean, I just love the uh, the kind of observations about how, like, you know, there's a song about how I want to go out, but I... I want to stay home. Like I don't want to go out, but I also don't want to stay home, kind of thing. Like this is some really great kind of um, juxtapositions with her lyrics. Are just really smart, kind of delivered in a very droll way. Love the guitar stuff on it. She had an album that came out last year, uh, "Things Take Time, Take Time," which is a little bit less. There's a little bit less obvious kind of humor uh, to it, but I think it's still a really solid album. And she's a very fun live performer. For me, the uh, the show that really jumps out on this month's calendar is Jeff Rosenstock, who's playing Turner Hall Ballroom on Wednesday, January 26th. Jeff Rosenstock is just an incredible thinker. He makes these huge uh, records. He's He uh, has a background sort of in the DIY punk scene. Uh, he used to play in a bunch of ska bands, kind of does pop punk. Songs that have sort of been stigmatized. You know, they're not usually like the, the great critical favorites. But Jeff Rosenstock has really been one of the artists who's brought these sounds um, some more attention. He's, he really has won over some more general audiences with these records he makes, just because they are so big and so impressive. And last year he released, it was a ska reimagining of his previous album, No Dream, called Ska Dream, and it was so much fun. I mean, he just like totally went for it. He brought in members of Skink and Pickle and Fishbone, and he just... He just like you could just tell this man loves ska, and I think that authenticity just really shines through his live shows. I've I've never seen one sadly, but they are supposed to be a blast. 
Yeah, that was a really good pick. Um, it's a really good month too for like if you're kind of into that that kind of punk and punk kind of sort of sound. Because um, there's another band that's I think you know pretty similar to Jeff Rosedock in some ways. The Regrets. They're going to be playing um, at the Rave on January 29th. I really love that band. They're a, a teen band led by uh, Lydia Knight, who uh, they released their debut album when she was just 16, and they wrote these really catchy, uh, really fun uh, feminist, you know, pop punk kind of anthems, and got a lot of good kind of press from that. And still going strong with still some really great music, and I, it was really kind of a precursor to kind of a good feminist wave of music we're seeing. I mean, it, I think you can kind of draw a line from Olivia Rodrigo to what the Regrets were doing, and obviously they took influences from before their time too. I also remember seeing them at a show and they, uh, you know, this is something that hadn't really happened much on like a mainstream circle, but at Lollapalooza they played and they wanted a, a, a female only mosh pit, you know, to make sure that they had like a safe space, which I thought was awesome. So there's just a bunch of women just, you know, moshing at each other and no men were allowed in the pit. And I mean, that's this kind of band. They're just a very thoughtful, progressive, really good band. We've got more picks for you coming up. Stick around after the break. It's the most charitable time of year, and we have a way for you to give a gift to Radio Milwaukee and yourself. Donate your unwanted car, truck, motorcycle, or boat, and let us take it off your hands. Your gift will support the music and stories you enjoy every day, and it may even qualify you for a tax deduction. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org cars to schedule your free donation pickup today. All right, we are back. Evan Piet tapped in January concerts. Uh, it is an unusual month for concerts, Piet. Um, you know, January is usually sort of a slow time of the year for concerts. This month's calendar doesn't look that slow. You're looking at it, it looks like a pretty decent January. Um, what else are you excited to check out? Yeah, well, I think uh, this month is a good reminder of uh, a venue in town that's kind of overlooked and, and underrated. Um, probably because of the stuff that they have there isn't always kind of, uh, you know, floats everyone's boat, I guess. <laughs> but it's it's uh, it's the Northern Lights Theater at Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. You know, that stuff that plays there usually is like stuff that's kind of catering, you know, kind of usually past its prime or they might have some comedians there. Um, you know, I, when I review shows, it's, you know, I only review shows there every kind of once in a while, every once every couple of years. But they have like a couple of really solid shows this month. And it is a really nice venue. I mean, it's a little, it's a little kitschy. At this point, a little dated, but the venue itself, like in terms of like the the sight lines and the sound, is like really impeccable. I, I love how it's you know a 500 seat theater and it feels so intimate. And every every you know every seat in that room is just great. It sounds great. It looks great. So even if some of the decor is a little bit dated, I mean it's just a really really solid venue that gives you a really kind of really cool intimate music experience. Um, and this month, there's a couple of really good ones. You've got um, The Fifth Dimension uh, with Florence LaRue. They're playing uh, January 12th. And, you know, that band, of course, has gotten uh, a little bit more love um, since they were kind of a star of uh, Summer of Soul, Quest Love's documentary um, about the, uh, the Harlem Cultural Festival in 1969. They had a great performance there, and that footage was kind of unearthed. And they're really a highlight of that documentary. Um, and then uh, you've also got Brian McKnight, uh, who... It's kind of like, I guess, the Susan Lucci of the Grammys. I mean, he's been nominated <laughs> so many times uh, for a Grammy. He's never won a Grammy. Uh, and it's kind of really unjust. And, I mean, he'll, <laughs> he'll inevitably get a Lifetime Achievement Grammy Award because he's still, like, releasing tons of stuff. I mean, he just released his 16th studio album last year. 
Um, and he's playing January 21st at Northern Lights Theater. So two really good, solid shows. And a perfect, perfect artist for that venue. I, uh, I'm i glad uh, you feel the same way about this venue. I love this venue. Yeah. Uh, it's just you feel pampered when you're there because there's space. Like you sit down and like you have room. It's, you're not all crowded into this cramped area. You, and you can really see the stage. I've seen some um, pretty amazing shows. Like I've seen a lot of the like legends, you know, the soul legends, like the the OJs there. And I saw Ringo Starr there. And weirdly, once I saw John Legend there, which seemed a little beneath him, but that was okay. It was still like you're right up close with John Legend. It just felt really nice. Really it, it is an underrated um, venue. And I always tell people like if there's an artist you like and they're playing there, you, you really should go because you'll feel close to that artist in a way uh, I don't think other venues allow, you know? Yeah, no, it's every, every seat's extremely close. It's insane. I mean, there's the front row. You're basically like, you can almost rest your elbow on the stage. Like, you, yeah. you know, and, and I saw Al Giroux there for his last Milwaukee concert. It was, and that's one of the shows that I'll always kind of remember and treasure because he, he's from Milwaukee and, uh, you know, talked a lot about how much he loved Milwaukee and, you know, clearly had really strong kinship with that crowd and probably and knew people in that crowd and people knew him obviously. And, uh, that was just a really cool special show. And I remember seeing a show with, um, Casey Chambers, this, this country artist who we don't hear from much for, you know, lately, but she's very good. And, um, you know, she had a song on the Sopranos and she played there like, I don't know, over a decade ago. And I remember, you know, it being so quiet, you could like hear a pin drop in there. And it was like, that was just such a cool, special vibe and feeling. So it is a really wonderful venue. And, uh, again, they don't book tons of stuff all the time. It's not necessarily stuff that, uh, I would typically go review, but if you, if someone you love or someone you're even curious about seeing again, that's a good place to see them for sure. Another venue I absolutely adore, of course, uh, which does get some shine, but it's very different is the X-Ray Arcade in Cudahy. I feel like because it's in Cudahy, Sometimes it falls a little bit off the radar, especially if you aren't, you know, as plugged in with the punk scene. But they book some great stuff. Uh, they've got a great calendar. It's always worth checking out. And uh, one band I'm excited to see that they're bringing in is Lunar Vacation. Uh, they get some spins on Radio Milwaukee. If you listen to our station a lot, you've probably heard their song Mold. It's catchy. It's bright. Um, last year, they released their debut album, Inside Every Fig is a Dead Wasp. It sounds like a Courtney Barnett uh, lyric, but uh, it is it is a great album. It is is really catchy indie pop with these huge hooks that just sort of break open. Um, I can imagine them really bringing it live. Uh, that show is Sunday, January thirtieth at X Ray Arcade. Yeah, it's wonderful to see like X Ray or like Cactus Club as we talked before starting to really kind of fill their calendars again. Um, you know, and and you know I. I can't quite recall the COVID protocols at X-Ray. I know like Cactus really stresses masks, uh, vaccine requirements for all shows, which is great that they're doing that. Um, but X-Ray has like a really good spring lineup with like uh, the cloud. Nothings are going to play there um, in, in April. Yeah. In April. So, uh, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's, and that's just one of many, many really good shows. And of course the, the Ned Flanders death oh, metal man, band. That, Oakley is, Oakley. that is perfect. I, I just saw cloud nothings when they played, uh, collectivo yeah and i think that was my first indoor concert back at least my first indoor concert of any real size and it was like this is everything i wanted <laughs> like this is the show i was like hoping about seeing the whole time i was i was quarantining and sheltering in, in place you know yeah yeah so they'll be there in april and then in may they'll have 
uh, Oakley Doakley, the Ned Flanders death metal band where everyone dresses like Ned Flanders. Um, that is also a fun time. So X-Ray's got some really good stuff coming up this spring. Uh, Piet, I, I, I meant to ask you at the top of the hour, you know, obviously shows that are on the calendar of are one measure of how we're doing uh, with live music's return, but also concert announcements are, are another measure. Have we been seeing the same frequency of concert announcements or are they, are, have they been paused a little bit uh, as a result of Omicron? Uh, they, I think they've been paused a bit at least, um, but I don't know if it's just Omicron. I think it's also the holidays. I mean, there was definitely a yeah, good, it's a time. yeah, there's definitely a good flurry of stuff right before Christmas which kind of happens every year. I mean, that's when we heard about Olivia Rodrigo coming to the rave uh, Eagles ballroom and Haim is playing the BMO Harris pavilion and uh, Jason Aldean was announced for Summerfest and Keith Urban was announced pretty late uh, in December. And uh, so there was a lot of stuff that was announced then. And then it definitely got quiet. And again, I think largely because of the holidays, what I was kind of expecting was now that we're back, that we have a flurry of announcements again. And that has not happened this mm-hmm. week. I mean, there's been like no announcements this week. You which I that first Monday back, you know, you would expect some announcements. But. Exactly. There's been like nothing this week. It's been a very quiet week. So I think, yeah, I think holidays impacted things. And, and perhaps there's like a little bit of a holiday hangover and announcements will start picking up like more later this week or next week. But I think there could be a possibility here that with Omicron kind of dominating things so much, that uh, the announcements have been pretty quiet. Uh, mm-hmm. I was kind of expecting, like, for instance, like, usually when the holidays end, you come back and, like, Coachella is announced, like, really early, like, that week back after the holidays, like, on the first days of January. Coachella hasn't been announced yet for their lineup. Uh, you know, it might still come this week. Again, it might still come, like, Friday. But, um, yeah, it does seem like things are kind of bumped a little bit or, or a little bit, it's a little bit slow coming back, I think, because of this variant. Uh, before we let the good uh, people go, uh, hit us with one or two more shows that are happening this month. Yeah, well, I mentioned uh, at the top of the hour, this Kane Brown show is happening at Pfizer Forum. Um, again, applauding the arena for kind of requiring masks. Um, and I, I hope maybe we'll see more of that from other venues. Um, you know, I mean, he's an artist who, you know, really kind of went, you know, got a lot of popularity, almost like Bieber, uh, you know, on YouTube with covers. And I remember he played the rave um in 2016 and he sold out the ray before he even released like a project because he was just so popular from his youtube covers um you know he, he brings some diversity to country much needed diversity to country uh he's able to do country but then he can also kind of you know you know rock a song with marshmallow or with uh you know black bear or, you know in the pop lane as well and and r&b and so he, he's really kind of a versatile country artist um he's really solid I would love to get your take on another country artist that's playing. He's playing January 28th, Walker Hayes. Uh, he's the guy that has the Fancy Like song, which is a very, very polarizing song. Uh, and I would love to know if you've got a, a hot take on so, Fancy so Like I and Walker only Hayes. Do, I only do because uh, we've talked about this before on the show, Piet. Your job requires you to have an understanding of uh, contemporary country music. And I admire that you, you do have that. I do not. My job uh, allows me to sort of ignore genres that aren't as much of interest to me. So you mentioned this to me in the email when we were preparing for the day today. You were like, uh, yeah, what, what's what's your take on Walker Hayes, Fancy Like? And I'm like, I have, I have no idea what any of those things are. <laughs> I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not out in the wild the, the way I am. I, I, I think if I were you know, still going to malls or clubs or bars, maybe, maybe I would have hear this, you know, this 
sounds like something you'd hear on Water Street quite a bit. So anyway, you mentioned it to me and I had to pull it up and uh, I had no recognition of what it was. It wasn't like, oh, I know this song. It has 58 million views on YouTube uh, and I still had never heard it once. But anyway, you wanted my take on it, Piet. And uh, here's my take. It is flaming hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd say that. I, I just hated it so much. I, I, hate is maybe a strong word because it, it it's a pretty harmless song, so you can't really get worked up about it. But uh, it's not like I have a personal vendetta against the song. But uh, it is everything I really hate about uh, contemporary country. It the, the the silly pop culture references. The um, it's just sort of the clo- the coded class messaging. I don't believe that this uh, country singer with 58 million views is eating at Applebee's. I just, I just don't, <laughs> buy it. I just don't buy it at all. And uh, I, I respect the audience that that does buy in and, and feels hurt by the song. I am not that audience, Peter. <laughs> I knew you, I knew you'd have that take. I, I just kind of, I had a feeling, Evan. I <laughs> you had, had a feeling. You, you heard a song. You're like, Evan would hate this. I need him to hear it. Do, do you like this? Do you like the song, Piet? Here's the thing. I, I kind of like the song a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm not like a huge fancy like supporter, but uh, <laughs> you know, when we're playing in the car, the kids love it. My wife loves it. She kind of does the fancy like shoulder shimmy. And maybe that's embarrassing. She doesn't want me to add her like that. But the thing with her is like she, for her, and I think for a lot of people, I mean, the, the song, for those who haven't heard it, it's all about like, we're going to be fancy by going out like on date night to Applebee's and we'll get the Bourbon Street steak with the Oreo shake and the whipped cream on the top. And, you know, that's kind of the whole gist of the song is like celebrating you know, uh, these kind of yeah, suburban normally things. Normally we're that, Wendy's people and that's fine, but sometimes we get fancy and we go to Applebee's. Exactly. That's, that's the whole gist of it. And that was, that was my wife growing up. I mean, when, when you know, her and the family, like they would go in, instead of Wendy's, they'd go to McDonald's and then on the weekends they would hit up Applebee's or hit up Chili's. I mean, so I, I think it does. And so that song kind of brought her back to like growing up like that, where it's like, you know, as a kid, like going to Applebee's was like amazing, even though I think a lot of people kind of like look down at Applebee's and I, I hate Applebee's, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, for her, it really kind of spoke to this idea of like, oh, well, yeah, that was great. That, that was great that we could do that. And, uh, so it's, 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 you know, it's a, so silly there's ridiculous. truth, there's truth in the song. It there's comes from a pure place. You think? <laughs> oh, totally pure. Absolutely pure. <laughs> I mean, but I will, I will, I'm curious about, he's playing the Riverside Theater January 28th. That's one of his first tour stops since this mm-hmm. song came out. And I'm really curious to see how this is going to go. I'm curious how many people actually show up and buy a ticket. This is a fancy light guy. Um, so he's, he's like a one hit. Is he like a one hit wonder so far? Or just, I mean, it's too early to say that, but this is his only song. This is his huge song. I mean, he's had he's had some hits kind of in country. He's kind of dabbled with it. He's been a, a pretty kind of lower tier sort of player, like an opening act kind of guy. Um, he's played Summerfest a bunch. I remember seeing him at Summerfest. One of his first shows at Summerfest was like an afternoon slot. And he had a song that looked like it was going to blow up, but didn't quite. And it was weird because at that show, he was trying to be funny, but he just came off as really arrogant. And that's a very like no-no kind of thing to do in country music. So, and then when I saw him like a, a year later opening for Kelsey Ballerini, then he was like really playing up the, the humility stuff. Like, oh, he grew up poor. He has all these kids. Blah, blah, blah. And it like really kind of changed. And now there's the fancy life thing. I, I don't know. He's, he's an interesting kind of guy. I can't quite read him exactly. But it will be fascinating to know what the show's like. It's going to be like one of the first shows, like I said, this tour. He's got this new album that's coming out uh, like a week before. 
And also the fancy like performances I've seen on TV, like on The Voice and the American Music Awards. Uh, my wife also, you know, even though she likes the song, she kind of crushed the performances because she said oh. she, she said they like kind of reminded her of like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day performances. So just, <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're just really kind of colorful but very soulless yeah. and vapid, and there's just nothing there. It's just you've got dancers doing like you know head spins for no reason as he's as he's singing about you know getting the dipping the fries and the frosty at Wendy's. <laughs> it just it just it did not work like. I I, uh, I predict the show will be packed. That is uh, that <laughs> yeah. is my guess. It's a huge country show in January. Uh, country audiences seem to be a little uh, less reluctant to stay home. The yeah. country was like the first big genre that returned to the road uh, amid the pandemic. I think Walker Hayes will do just fine in this market. Piet, <laughs> um, thank you for introducing me to Walker Hayes. Uh, oh, you're welcome, Evan. I, my life is richer now for that. <laughs> I appreciate you uh, sharing all these show picks with us. Of course, you can check out Piet's articles at jsonline.com. You can follow us at radiomilwaukee.org and find this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Tapped In is produced by the great Kenny Perez. Listen to his show in the mix every Saturday night. It is so great. He brings in DJs, both local and also huge names nationally uh, to do these like, really cool mixes to keep you company on the weekend all right everybody thanks our subscribers too uh we will see you next time on tapped in see you next time <laughs>